This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome back to Tort Talk. I say welcome back because I'm assuming you've been listening up until this point to the other episodes in this series. They're really good. They're giving you expert advice from lawyer Terrence A. Gross of Gross & Schuster about things that will make your case go smoother, about how you can do... Well, you know what? I'm going to be talking a lot this episode, basically asking questions of Terrence, but I'm going to step out of the way because I've got a fascinating one today, and I'm going to let him start to take over. Terrence, thank you so much for joining me in the studio. Glad to be here. So... I I teased it last week, and I really want to know this because I was fascinated by this question. How do you come up with a settlement number? Well, I could tell you how we don't do it. Oh, I love the uh, negative. I take a negative aspect of it. I love that. I do not get it out of a Cracker Jack box. I do not pull a rabbit out of a hat. And it's funny. I'll either go to a cocktail party with either you meet a young lawyer or somebody come up, hey, my wife had an accident, and they'll give you like a few things. She got rear-ended, she's seen a chiropractor, mm. what's that case worth? <laughs> right. And I just want to laugh, you know, <laughs> because there's so many questions that come up, but, you know, and really, even early on, I don't know. They come in and, I, and we do this whole interview. They've already talked to my intake person. They talked to me for 45 minutes. I don't know, because even if, the, if I meet them the week after the wreck, which is pretty typical, you know, within days of a wreck, they're talking to me, if someone were to ask me, every now and then a client will ask me that. They'll go through the whole interview, and they'll say, what do you think it's worth? And I look at them, and you know what I ask them? What's that? How are you going to be feeling this time next year? Mm. And then they look at me like I'm from Mars. Right. Well, I said, well, we don't know, do we? Yeah. So we don't know how. Are you going to be feeling better? Or are you going to be feeling worse? Is this just a brief uh, a, a regime of pain that you're having, or do you need surgery? Is this going to be ongoing? Are you getting injections? What's an MRI going to show? So it's not till you have all this stuff that you know. So normally it just depends on the case and it's presumed that there's big limits. So if there's a big limit case, those cases take longer. We scrutinize them more and then we have to see. And then really, but I, I'm, I'm really looking at, you know, one of the biggest questions after one year I would ask is, how much does my client owe out of pocket? Mm-hmm. Because insurance will pay something, but there's always something left over. And you have to realize that in Florida and in most states, most entities that pay your bills can subrogate. That means Medicaid has their hand out. You got to pay them back. TRICARE gets paid back. VA gets paid back. Blue Cross, Medicare, you name it, they all get paid back. So you got to, you know, the client is interested in one thing and one thing only. What do they net? Right. Because I could save a million dollars, but if you only get $50,000, you're not going to be happy. Right. So so we have to know what are the bills, what do you have to pay back so that, and I could, you know, because we keep such good spreadsheets on the medical bills, I could look at any given case. I can know my cost. I obviously know what my fees are. And I can look, if we're at mediation, I'll say, Paul, if you take 300000 if we sell for three, I could see, based on these numbers, that you will walk with 150000 Okay. And you pay no taxes. So you pay no taxes. But one hundred fifty would take care of the lawyer and the doctors and, and any health insurers. So... Uh, on a 300. So it, be, it, it just all depends. And, and there's so many little variables. Is my client a good historian? Mm. Will mm. Do I think in my gut that a jury will like my client? Mm. If I think a jury is going to like my client, then I probably want more money. Right. If I got a client that can't really say the same story twice, 
Uh, maybe a little bit of credibility problems. Yeah. Uh, maybe I want less. Um, if I think my client's an embellisher, mm. uh, then maybe I'll take less. Uh, you know, sometimes they've got surveillance on my client. That That is maybe take less. I had mm. cases I thought, oh, man, I can't lose this case. And then all of a sudden they show me surveillance. Uh, uh. Sir, I thought you said you couldn't hunt. Mm-hmm. And I, or whatever it may be. So there, there's so many variables. MRIs, MRIs can't lie. You cannot go in mm. and fake an MRI result. Right. And, and if so, if the MRI is very objective and shows a disc herniation, a budding a nerve root, and a doctor says, you're going to need surgery at some point, well, then the cost of poker goes up. Duh. Right. right. Um, so, you know, so if a person has surgery, it's worth a lot more. So I would say, you could cubbyhole cases. So if you only see a chiropractor, the case is kind of range bound. I mean, okay. you, there, there, there's not going to be the hundred thousand dollar settlements on a chiropractic only case. And then if you see a pain doctor, well, then your case is worth more. Usually that means needles. How many fakers are going to allow somebody to put needles in their spine? So, and then if an MRI shows something, the cost of poker goes up. And if you need surgery, up and up. And if you do have the surgery, but I will tell some people, because there's a lot of people out there, they get a surgical recommendation. And I tell them this. I say, that makes your case worth more. But it's not worth the same as if you had surgery. So mm. if I think someone needs surgery, we have a four-year statute in limitations, statute limitations in Florida, which means I can wait four years before suing. Sometimes I wait right up to it if you haven't had the surgery, because okay. I know at post-surgery cases are always worth more. Because any medical bills in the past are like shooting ducks in a barrel. Medical bills in the future, the jury could say, you know what. He hasn't had that surgery. Mm. It's been five years now. I don't think he's having surgery. And if they don't think so, then they're not going to award you those future damages. Okay. So, you know, most, and, but most juries don't want to stick you. If you've been rear-ended and you owe 26,000 in medical bills, the jury's going to award you 26,000 <laughs> uh, because everybody knows bills are high. Why? And, and that kind of stick you with that. So it, you know, it just, some of it's common sense. But there, you know, it just there's so many variances in these cases. Uh, has the person had prior problems before? I mean, if a person is in their 40s and they've never seen a doctor for neck or back pain before, that's got to be a better case than someone that's been treating with a chiropractor on and off for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just so there's just a lot of these common sense things. Lost wages. You know, some people have sedentary jobs. You know, if you're a lawyer and you have a back injury, you could still probably earn the same living. If you're a ditch digger, you probably can't. Uh, so there's so many different things, so many variables. Well, then it makes me think about the, kind of the process as you go along. You talk about, uh, you know, how do you come up with a settlement number? I have to wonder how much that changes over the course of time because everything between the in, the initial phases of beginning, hey, I am hurt, can you represent me, all the way to we award you this amount. There has to be a lot of stuff going on. And so how far into the process can things dramatically change for the worse or better? Well, it happens both ways. And that's that that gets to be the problem because most of my cases usually get are worth more over time because mm-hmm. maybe medical bills going up. That's one factor mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and the longer they're treating, uh, probably the more value there is. But then there are things that could make you come off the rails. One of them is surveillance. So I, mm. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. So many years ago, I'm representing a good old boy, and he said he used to hunt and he couldn't do this, couldn't do yeah. that. So all of a sudden, they go to his deposition, and they say, so, sir, you have not hunted since this accident. No, sir, I, I quit hunting. It's just too much. It's just too hard. You got going go in a tree stand, and, and if you get the deer, you got you to get the deer out of the woods, and you got to clean it and, and whatever. And they said, so you didn't go hunting up on somewhere up off some road up uh, north of Shamukla. Um <laughs> no, I don't think so. You weren't in a com- uh, a, a uh, some kind of a vehicle, and they described the vehicle, some p- old pickup truck, and you didn't drag a a buck out of the woods and put it. In- oh, that buck! <laughs> yeah, so they caught him. They oh. had it on surveillance. Uh, well, then that case went down in value. I would okay. say quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of stuff will make you go, another car wreck. What if you're, mm. you're, you're it's all clean. You mm. say, hey, I'm Paul. I've never had a car wreck before. Everything's going well. And then, bam, another car wreck. Well, then, you know, it, it kind of works against the first one. They both work against each other. And, mm. and you know, which accident caused what and whatever. So that goes on. And we just do the best that we can with what we got. Um, so there there are a lot of factors out there. Um you know, I did have a case where I had a great surgeon, just a wonderful man, and um, probably had a lot of cases with him, and he suddenly died. Oh, he oh. Died. Uh, and we hadn't taken his deposition, so oh. we have his records, but it wasn't him. He had a oh. warm personality, gave great depositions. So obviously that put a big hole, and then all of a sudden you're trying to, mm-hmm. you're just sort of treading water, and do you go to find another doctor? But really, it, it's just, there's there's just fortuitous things. I have a lady I just settled. She had an accident, went right to a cervical fusion, a pretty clean case. About six months later, unrelated, this is a young lady, this lady in her 30s, stroked out. Oh, my gosh. Stroked out wheelchair for life. So now I'm thinking I had the cervical fusion with a good recovery, walking around and fine to a stroke. So her her life is forever damaged, not by the car wreck, but, (sighs) but by this intervening stroke that just came out of the blue and had nothing to do with the car wreck. Dang. Uh, but but it, it put a big damper in my argument. I would have to think it would. Right. Well, so, so there are things like that. We've uh, had clients die. I'm I'm mm. representing you, and the case is fine and whatever, and all of a sudden you're killed in another accident by a drunken driver, or you have a heart attack, or and you die. My plaintiff dies. And, and what do you do if you're an injury case? But I can tell you a quick funny story. We got a, got, got a minute. Oh, please. I'll, I'll tell you. me it's actually funny because after that darkness. <laughs> well, it's dark. This is dark, but it's sort of dark funny. funny. Okay. All right. It's, it's funny from a lawyer standpoint. Okay. Fair enough. All so, right. So my friend, this one, my case, my friend had this guy and he wasn't a, the best plaintiff. He was one of these mm. and he got trapped. And my client, my guy was trying to settle it for 25000 He couldn't settle it. And really, the client was just not that nice or good. And he'd seen the doctors, had good records, but he just, he wasn't that good. And my 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 friend knew it wasn't going to go good, but they ended up in trial because they went and offered him the 25. So they go to trial and the jury says zero. Oh. Okay. Well, my client got it, my, my friend got it reversed on a technicality. So now they're going back to try it again, but his client dies. Oh. So the insurance company finds out and says, well, I guess that's it now. Your client's dead. I guess you're going to dismiss the case. He goes, 
No, I'm going to go to trial. Oh. Well, well, this guy that wasn't such a nice guy was married to a prince of a wife. She was wonderful. Oh. So now she goes up in this in this case. Says, "Oh, he had the car wreck in his life, and he he did so much, and he just you know, and, and he ended up getting like a hundred thousand dollar award because he, he lost what the the biggest problem of this case disappeared. Mm-hmm. And even though he wasn't there for the verdict, his wife was such a great witness. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's how it okay. works sometimes. You're right. That's a funny story. All right, good. All right. That was that actually worked out really nicely. All right, all right, uh, Terrence. How can people get a hold? of you uh phone if you if you know what a phone is uh 850-434-3333 or better yet visit us on the web at grossandschuster.com well thank you terrence for being here you know i'm thinking next week i want to get a little more personal about how often you specifically have to sue and how many of those cases go to court we don't have time to answer that right now obviously it's the end of the show but just keep that in mind for the next week terrence i'll see you next time sure thing sure thing